Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hello, and welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association. This is episode 99.5. I'm your host, Diami Plotke, here with my special co-host, Zach Higgins. And in this episode, we'll run through the five questions with our guest, Braxton Worthlin. All right, Braxton. Well, we have five questions for you. Are you ready for them? I'm ready. Let's hear them. All right. So how did you get into woodworking? I got into woodworking uh, through building, you know, skate ramps and BMX. I grew up riding BMX, so we would go out me and my friends at night and luckily in the early 90s there was a big construction boom so we had uh, access shall we say to lots of plywood and two by fours so we, we we would go out after hours and uh collect these materials and build you know ramps and box jumps and all kinds of stuff and then also through school uh junior high school all the way through high school i took wood shop the whole time where did you go to school that you had it offered uh, just, uh, middle school here and high school. I graduated in 97. So it was before they kind of got rid of the stuff. When you say here, you're, oh, I sorry, know you're in Las, Las Vegas, Vegas now. You grew up in Las Vegas? Uh, born and raised. Yeah. Henderson, okay. Nevada, actually just outside of Las Vegas. Okay. Cause I, I, I graduated in 96 and on, on Long Island we had tech, which, you know, you pr- over the course of the school year, you probably played with wood for like three weeks. Um, gotcha. wasn't wasn't nearly what what we used to have here for shops so i'm glad to hear that at least at least 20 years ago you still had them yeah yeah it was a uh, middle school it was explorations they called it so it was you know six weeks of this six weeks of that but in high school it was wood shop so i i took wood shop as many times as i could through through high school as well as a lot of other stuff drafting and ceramics and all kinds of i was really a hands-on kind of guy okay but yeah, high school and junior high were mainly how I got into, you know, more building smaller things and furniture and stuff. But stealing wood and building ramps was how I really got got into it. <laughs> That's how most of us do it. Yeah, when you steal the wood, you really got to make something worthwhile out of it. <laughs> exactly. And paint it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number two. What is your favorite tool? Oh, my lathe, for sure, even though I haven't got to use the new yeah, one. I was going to say, still. you mean the new one you haven't turned on yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in my shop, my lathe is definitely my favorite tool. It's the most relaxing and and rewarding. It's like almost instant gratification. You know, you mm-hmm. can start something and have a completed bowl in an hour and a half or or turn a pen in 15 minutes or something. You know, it's it's really, really fast. I can I can appreciate that. I I can't think of something I can do that quickly. And when I hear Turners talk about that, it it certainly does make me jealous. One day you're going to have a lathe. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, I'm sure you're right, but uh, not in this shop. <laughs> Just get a mini lathe. Just start there. Small. The, the problem is before <laughs> I set up a mini lathe in my attic. I have a full router table that I haven't set up and fit in here yet. Mm-hmm. And I have a drum sander I haven't set up and fit in here yet. And, okay. Well, uh, you better set those up first. Yeah, that's my thought. And I, I'm struggling to figure how they're going to fit in the space. The thought <laughs> of bringing in another space-consuming tool is – it's frightening. 
Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> All right, Braxton, question number three. In your woodworking, who has influenced you the most? Uh, that would probably be a, a few people. Uh, Turning-wise, Jimmy Clues, for sure. Uh, woodworking, the traditional woodworking, I would say. Uh, Jamie Icono from What It Is has been a huge inspiration. And she's, you know... She taught me a lot of stuff too, and that's progressed my woodworking. But outside of that, I mean, I would say Kyle Toth for sure. He's awesome. He makes, you know, just does amazing stuff. And uh, I'm also a really big fan of you know, Macromona and uh, lots of the YouTube woodworkers just, you know, have had such a huge influence just on their, whether it's video style or they're woodworking it's just uh, it's it's all good i just absorb as much as i can <laughs> from everybody yep. yeah well, i think we're lucky that we live now you know i i honestly couldn't imagine woodworking wood turning doing any of this stuff 30 40 years ago i mean it just yeah. <laughs> it would be so different it just wouldn't be the same thing at all you know i i absolutely yep. agree and i think you often hear woodworkers i see it as woodworkers of a different generation talk about the solitary nature of the hobby and Mm -hmm. when i'm in the shop and i'm woodworking i'm the only one here and i'm in my own space and it is kind of solitary but i never feel like it's a solitary hobby because of this greater community like since i've started doing it well that's since i've started sharing my woodwork and belonging to the the community it's never felt solitary yeah well i i would almost say that there's it's not it's the opposite you know yeah. you can get information inspiration um entertainment you know whatever from so many different sources at this point whatever you want to learn about it's a click away yeah absolutely awesome. Zach, you and I were talking before we started recording about your live streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, just that yeah. you're actually being social while you're alone in your shop. It's not even you do a bunch of stuff and then you share it later. It's it's live interacting yeah. with people. Yeah, actually, while you're I didn't there. even think about that. Yeah, it's it's been amazing doing that. You know, and and it there's people doing live streaming that are doing you know hand tool woodworking and you know prop making and and you're definitely not solitary. You know, the way that I do it, I have the audience shape whatever I'm casting, the pen mm-hmm. blanks that we're making. And so we just, we have a blast, you know, it's, it's like, you're all sitting in one shop. It's just, I'm the only person that people can see, <laughs> I guess. And everyone else is typing, you know, but, but you're interacting and, and it's all real time. So it's definitely not solitary. It's, it's awesome. No, it is. Yeah. Well, for me, it's, uh, I'm on Google Hangouts almost every night with a whole bunch of different YouTube woodworkers, and we'll all be out in our shops, maybe not even talking to each other, but we've got our computers set up or each building something. So I, you know, it's it's definitely not super solitary. You can always almost instantly get feedback on something you're doing, whether you're posting on Instagram and be like, "Hey, what do you guys think of this?" But it's it's amazing. The community, the woodworking community as a whole, is just. It's like so inviting and friendly and supportive. Welcoming. Yeah, yeah, super really supportive. Is. Yeah, yep, very supportive. Actually, that is the one thing that I am not that I am mad about my <laughs> living situation. 
I I am waiting for the day that I have a shop at my house so that I can join in the fun. Because at this point, I'm 30 minutes away, and by the time everyone's on, <laughs> I'm at home. <laughs> it's, you know, I ain't. I, it's just not not enough time. And then and then my wife goes to sleep, and it's I can't even talk at that point. So, yeah. One day, Google Hangouts. Get her some earphones. Yeah, that's <laughs> noise canceling. Exactly. <laughs> Well, when uh, when you're not just hanging out with other people and virtually in your shop, what was your biggest stumbling block in your woodworking, Braxton? And assuming you've overcome it, how could it have been avoided? Uh, initially, it was having a place to do it. Like I, I didn't have any space. I and now that I've purchased a home, I got my garage, so I've you know, been slowly accumulating tools and getting really back into it, doing it more and more. Mm -hmm. That was, that was initially probably the biggest stumbling block was not having a place to do it. But now currently, and I still haven't gotten past it. And it's something I struggle with almost every, every day, especially talking to clients is pricing things. I'm so it's, it's hard to price things and hard to to tell people like, I'm going to need this much money to do this for you. It's, it's been getting better. I've just kind of had to, you know, put my big boy pants on and realize I'm, (laughs) you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to support a family here. These are skills that I've acquired over, you know, years and years. It's not something that I'm just slapping together for these people. And if they want a custom built piece of furniture, you know, you're going to have to pay for it. And so it's, it's been working out lately. I would ask you for yourself and for everyone else out there, charge what you're worth. Right. Uh, I don't know. I you know. I don't mean to say anything because I have, honestly have no idea what you charge. But too many people give their work away, and yeah. whether it's the incredible amount of skill it takes to make a hollow form vessel, or the skill and you know tens of hundreds of hours it takes to make a a, a proper piece of furniture. Unfortunately, the things we make are not cheap. Um, yeah, it's an art and a craft, and it's very skill intensive, very labor intensive, and it's a labor we all love. But whether I love it or not, if it takes me eighty hours, a hundred hours to make something, it has to be expensive. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, and the other thing is, if you price it too low, people think that it's junk. Well, <laughs> you that, know, there's like this. You got to kind of be in the middle, either way on both ends of that. So, you know, just, just price it high, go for it. Yeah. There was a, I'll I'll let you go, Braxton. I'm sorry. I was going to say confidence too. Confidence was, is a really big one. Like you need to have the confidence to charge what you need to make and know that when you produce this piece of furniture, it's going to reflect that price. And I've been, I've been getting a lot better recently. I I did a, uh, it was a steel frame, a cabinet for mm-hmm. a tattoo shop, body jewelry cabinet, reclaimed wood, glass shelves, LED lights, the whole nine, uh, doors on the front that locked. Like it, 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 it was awesome. I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm, <it's, laughs> I'm super proud of that piece. And I, and I charged accordingly at the first, you know, the first right off the bat, I said, I'm going to need X amount of dollars for this thing. And the guy was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And so I said, okay, cool. I understand. No problem. And then he came back and was like, okay, sure. Here's the <laughs> down payment. So, and, and the results were, were perfect. So, and he was beyond happy with it. So that, that's great. That was a, that was a huge confidence 
booster for me as far as being able to know that I can produce the quality that will reflect the price that I'm charging, if that makes sense. No, I absolutely agree. And to to get the price you deserve, you have to truly believe you deserve the price. Right. Um I, I'm not yeah, I'm far that's a good from, way to put it. Yeah, I'm far from the best salesman, but that said I do sell for a living and we are not for what we do, we are not the cheapest company. I will tell anyone who'll listen that we are the best value because of the services we provide, but I'm never the cheapest guy at the table. And yeah. I I trust and believe in the in the number, so I'm comfortable saying it. And you don't get it all the time. Some people are cheap, some people can't afford it. But um but you have to you have to believe in the in the pricing and believe that you're worth the price you get. Well, the other yeah. thing that you just said, some people can't afford it. Some people are just cheap. Those aren't your customers anyway. Exactly. Right. It's not who you're trying to deal with. So they can go down the road while you go find a customer that appreciates your work and is going to be very happy paying you for it. Exactly. Yeah, because ultimately you don't want a customer who begrudgingly agrees to pay for it and thinks they're being overcharged the whole time. You want a customer who appreciates the work as much as you do. Yeah, now we're talking the perfect customer, and if we could all find them, you know, ultimately <laughs> yeah. we wouldn't have to work. But um, that's really what you want. Yeah. Yep, I agree. All right. Last question, Braxton. How has the internet influenced your work? You've kind of talked about this a little bit, but go a little deeper in that. It's yeah. It's I mean. Now it has a huge influence on my work. Like that that's one of the things that I take into consideration when I think about building something sometimes is how can I film this? How will this come out cool for a video? You know, is people gonna want to see a video of this thing that I'm making? Like it's it's a big it's a big factor for me now. And I, I love the interaction that I have with people on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. You know, if whether it's me posting a picture or seeing a picture of someone else's work and just looking, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I I want to take this certain aspect of this and and use it in something that I'm building. Like it's it's like very influential in my uh, in my woodworking. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> See, it has no bearing on my work at all. Nothing, none, 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 none at all. At all huh? Zero. <laughs> That's all awesome, right. Though. Well, Braxton, thank you again for going through it. I hope uh, you've enjoyed the five questions. And for anyone Absolutely. who didn't listen to the episode last week, we have a large, large discussion on lathes and tap handles. Because what, what, else, what else does a woodworker need but lathes and tap handles? Right. Just the Beer, necessities. You know? Wooden beer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So before we just wrap this up, Braxton, where can people find more about you? You can find me uh, on the web at BraxtonWorthland.com or YouTube under my name, Braxton Worthland. Pretty much all the social medias. Just search for me under my name. All right. I've got them all listed on my website too. So I'm out there. Zach, where can people find out about you? Uh, people can find out about me on my website, nvwoodworks.com. All my social medias are up there. And I'm also doing live broadcasting on Twitch now, uh, twitch.tv slash nvwoodworks. Excellent. What, do, you have a, do you have a set schedule you follow? 
Yeah, every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific. We're doing Dunkin' Junk, where I dunk random materials in casting resin and see what the results are. The the last one was awesome, too. I had never <laughs> done a been a part of a Twitch live stream. It was so cool to watch you do that at the same time and interact. So everybody who's listening, go check out Zach, because it's tons <laughs> of fun. Thanks, man. Yeah, that is excellent. <laughs> it is fun. Um, uh, alas, I'm often at work when you're dunking your junk. Hey, you can watch uh, on on your phone. Just just hide out a little bit, turn on the Twitch app, and you got you're in there. You can even t- chat on your phone. You know, I as much as I would love to do that, hiding out and watching my phone while I'm driving often doesn't work. Well, pull yeah. over, <laughs> put the flashers on, and just okay. pull over and watch Twitch, man. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't mean to go down that road to you know say that I'm not watching, but my curiosity is what well, you do. There, you can watch the rebroadcast. I, I, they're on. They're on my channel. I definitely. If you want to, You can scroll through. It'll be a little quicker. <laughs> when yeah. um, when you're when you're casting for the the blanks that you're selling, you're casting specifically to make pen blanks. When you're yeah. doing the castings on the live stream, is that also the ultimate goal? Is a pen blank, or you you're casting kind of other things and really whatever the audience is into? Well, so far it's been pen blanks, just because that's my. I know that the best and, you know, the molds are set up for that. So I kind of know what to expect in that arena. The problem is a lot of times these materials don't look good when you cut into them. Okay. And so I want to start doing different things like bottle stoppers and, and even things that are not necessarily even turning related where you just cast it. You know, the, the easiest thing I can think of is like a paperweight, which I don't think I'd do that, but you know, other types of things, jewelry uh, is another one where you're just casting it in a mold. And when it, when you pop it out, it's done. Okay. Um, that allows you to encapsulate things and, and it adds a different kind of flavor to casting. It's not just for turning necessarily. So it kind of depends. And eventually I'm going to get into that where the audience will, you know, pick what are we really going to do with this thing? <laughs> you know, how, how do we, do we want to make a pen out of it or a bottle stopper or a duck call, you know, whatever that type of thing. If you, I'll use paperweight's example too. And I agree. It's not perhaps the best, but if you come up with a final form, I know that these days what you're doing, what uh, what I think, I don't know what I think you're doing the most of is making and selling cast pen blanks for other turners. Um, right. But what if you, what if you could take small keepsakes, rare coins, rings, jewelry, a, a person's personal yep. stuff? And cast yeah. it in whatever for them, maybe a cross shape or or a, a rock or you know I'm 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 struggling to think of what you <laughs> yeah. could cast. But well, you know, like coins and stuff could be earrings. Uh, you know, yeah, definitely. That's that's there's that, that's actually kind of a whole subculture within the resin casting realm. You have kind of the turning blanks. You know, okay. people that turn different types of forms out of these acrylic blanks. Uh, there's people that make fishing lures, and that's a whole industry of just people that literally cast fishing lures. I never would even um, guess they were cast. I know fishing yeah, lures are well. Some of them, you know, some, some of them are handmade. Actually, Alumalite, I think that's one of their biggest, you know, customer bases. That's oh. actually, I think, what they were developed for. And then turning blanks kind of, it's kind of a side thing, <laughs> really. That's not their main thing. Uh, replica props, that's a huge industry in, in the resin casting kind of realm. Um, jewelry, 
you know, so, I mean, there's tons of different types of casting and I'd like to, that's what I mean. I want to kind of delve into some different types of things, uh, within Duncan junk, but with just casting in general, uh, down the road too, just to kind of understand how to, how to do it. There's some different techniques involved, uh, in some cases, uh, you know, the silicone molds you may be using like a two piece mold where that's totally different than me just dumping colors in a trough, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> So I'd like to learn more about that and kind of expand a little bit down the road. Cool. Cool. I'm, I, I find that very interesting and I, I, I'm sorry to have derailed us from just where people can find online. <laughs> um, well, it's all right. <laughs> but, uh, I can be found at penultimatewoodshop.com and you can always learn more about us at the modern woodworkers association.com. We'll have full show notes for this episode. And, uh, please, if you, if you like what you hear, if you want, want more Braxton, Share it around and let other people listen. So thank you for listening and go make something in your shop. Oh, man, it's not I don't have a script.